Have you ever wondered if there's a better way to leverage digital workflows in dentistry? Hello, my friends, John Wilson here, and I'm thrilled to share my passion for digital technology. For 20 years, I've been fine tuning my approach to harness the full power of CAD CAM. And this February, I'm excited to share these insights with you. Circle February 23rd on your calendar at 10.30 a.m. in the Ivoclair Ballroom, where I'll be unveiling my journey with the Programmill line of mills and Ivoclair's innovative digital solutions. No matter where you're from or at what point you are on your digital journey, this is your invitation to be at the cutting edge of dental innovation. Let's redefine dental craftsmanship together. Looking forward to seeing you there. Come see John and many other speakers in the Iva Clark Ballroom during Lab Day Chicago. Also, Barb and I will be there all weekend recording anyone willing to sit down. So head over to VoicesFromTheBench.com forward slash Ivaclar for the full list of speakers. And as always, we appreciate your support of the podcast, Ivaclar. Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Greetings and welcome to episode 303 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. And my name's Barbara. You know it though, already. (laughs) We've always known it. What's happening, Barb? How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah. We're doing this on a Friday and not a Saturday morning, so it's Friday, so I'm happy. How about you? Well, I'm getting excited because next week, or this week when this airs, we're heading off to uh, Las Vegas for Visions 21. Yes, we are. And lots of others, I should say. Yes. I didn't go last year. That was the first year I missed in probably, gosh, 10 years. It would be good to get back. What? Where, where is it? Valleys? Oh, it's the Caesars Palace. Caesars. I have a room. I just didn't bother to remember which one. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Yeah, I don't want to get there and get lost. But uh, here in Indiana, we have a high of, I believe, four degrees on Sunday. Ooh, nice. So I'm really looking forward to heading out to the desert. So I'm thinking you're going to do 78 loops around your track? Uh, yes, there will be some indoor <laughs> running this weekend for sure. But I usually run during visions. I love running the oh, Vegas Strip. Too. It yeah, is. Same. It's just weird. It's a lot to look at. It's <laughs> it's interesting. There's a part where you can't not not run through a mall, which is fun. Yeah, I like it out there too. I'm I'm bringing my running stuff, so yeah, I may for see sure. you out there, but you're a lot faster than me, so maybe I won't. <laughs> Plus, the time difference helps. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into this episode. We want to give out a huge thanks to everybody that purchased a shirt or a zippered hoodie from us on this last run. And when we say huge thanks, we mean genuinely huge thanks to everybody. That was pretty amazing. This latest design sold the most of any other shirt run that we've done in the past. And how much did we raise? I'm happy to say we raised over $880. Damn, Elvis, that's almost $1,000. That's almost 1000 bucks, And it all went to the Foundation of Dental Laboratory Technology. Thank you, everybody. Oh, it's awesome. So proud. 
it makes me feel good about our industry every time people pitch in and do this. Yep. So all this money, what it does, if you're not familiar, it goes to scholarships and grants that really just provide amazing opportunities to anybody in our industry. I highly recommend you do yourself a favor and head over to dentallabfoundation.org and check out all the great things this organization is doing. Guys, you do need to check it out. There's grants, there's scholarships. If you want to do your CDT, there's funding for that. If you want to go to Visions, there's funding for that. There's a SPEAR grant. There's a there's just so many amazing things. And all you have to do is check it out and fill out the forms. It's money to be had by us for better learning, greater learning, higher learning. <laughs> And what's amazing, I mean, they just released the list of winners that got a trip to Vegas for Visions out of it. And there's like five people. Yeah, it's like covered. And it's like, what a sweet deal. And it's not hard work. All you got to do is go on there and fill out some information, a little short paragraph on why. And it's just some great opportunities. So go check it out, dentallabfoundation.org. But if you're really feeling good, you can share some more love and even make another donation. Again, thanks for the shirts. We want to make sure that we see everybody wearing them at LMT Lab Day Chicago. And also that you come and see us in the Ivaclar Ballroom, where Barb and I will be all weekend long. Right to you. So I saw that Calab, Jim Glidewell speaking. F***ing A. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. You got to beep that one because it is exciting. And he's got a great presentation. I'm so happy he's going to... I saw him speak. It was probably 10 years ago. Oh, it's epic. It is. You know, no matter what you think about Glidewell and what they're doing and how cheap they are, blah, blah, blah. The man is a genius and has a really good look at the industry. So, yeah, just a quick shout out for CalLab happening that same weekend of LMT Lab Day Chicago. Go to cal-lab.org. And really think about joining that meeting. Barb and I will both be there. It's a great meeting. Well worth your time. Yes. So this week, we're going to call it the Bobby and Blake Show. Yeah, and it's all over Facebook. I saw it at least six times today. (laughs) Blake Barksdale is the general manager and second generation of Barksdale Dental Lab. We had him and his mom on the podcast way back on episode 204. Yeah. Wow, that's like almost 100 episodes ago. I know, right? That's insane. It seems like it was like three months. Right. So if you want to know the story of that amazing family, go back and listen to that episode. Because this episode is all about Bobby Kenny and what they're doing at Barksdale Dental Lab now. Bobby started in the model room soon after the Army. He found himself at Barksdale starting their removable department. And then after thinking the grass was greener on the other side, Bobby headed to Florida, where he worked in office doing conversions and then made the rounds at a few different labs before going back to Barksdale to help them go to the next level of digital full arch restorations. And they certainly are. They are. Blake and Bobby both talk about what they're doing in photogrammetry, this interesting two-temp technique that they're doing, metal printing, and how they're growing the lab through education. It's a great and fun conversation that you don't want to miss. So join us as we chat with Bobby Kenny and Blake Barksdale. Whether you're looking to elevate your craftsmanship or looking to cut back on cost, look no further. 
Vita MFT teeth are the ultimate solution for creating lifelike and stunning smiles. Crafted with precision and backed by cutting-edge technology, Vita MFT teeth offer unparalleled aesthetics and durability. And since Vita believes in the power of experiencing excellence firsthand, for a limited time only, they are offering you the chance to get a complimentary case sample. That's right, a full case absolutely free. Just visit VitaNorthAmerica.com forward slash free MFT. Don't wait any longer to start providing your customers a premium tooth at an economy price. Redeem your free case sample, and if you're ready to buy, Vita will even give you an extra 10% off discount by shopping online on their newly launched online store. Join the Vita family today, and we appreciate your support of the podcast. Hey, it's Candular from Switzerland. We have been designing teeth since 1936. Successful tooth design knows only one benchmark, your own standards and those of your patients. Discover our Toothline PhysioSet TCR with new 18 anterior molds, manufactured specially for the US market and your daily work at your bench. If you are looking for new options in removable, get to know us at candular.com and find out more. You will be supported and supplied by our authorized dealer, Edmunds Dental Supply. Candular, high-end only. Voices from the Bench. The interview. We have a unique couple of gentlemen with us today. Joining us again back on the podcast is the great Blake Barksdale from Barksdale Dental. How are you, sir? Doing good. I didn't know I was that great. <laughs> well, I'm trying to Where suck up are. at the beginning. But joining him is good friend of the podcast, triathlon partner. Yes. yes, And just overall good guy, Bobby Kenny. Hello, hello. How are Hi. you, sir? I'm doing great. How about you guys? I like the good, the good guy part's nice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really fluffing everybody here for the episode because right. I know we're going to lose all control here, I'm sure, in a little bit. And the people that actually, most people that know us are, know that you're fluffing it up anyway. So. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know what fluffing means, right, Elvin? <laughs> Oh, yeah. man, I've already lost control. <laughs> Elvis is the best fluffer. Uh, exactly where I'm speaking. All right. All right. Sorry, sorry. So, Blake, we talked to you and your mom, man, what, a year or two ago? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. We got the whole history of the Barksdale. So let's start with you, Bobby. Let's find out how you got into the industry. Oh, I'd say almost 23, 24 years ago. Just got out of the army and I was looking for a job and a friend of mine asked me if I would be interested in starting at as a investment, I guess, investment plaster guy on the metal bench um, at Scrimshire Dental Studio. So, wow. That's where really- was that? Scrimshire. That sounds familiar. They're in Huntsville, but oh, okay. they longer. They got bought out by National Dentex. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then Oral Arts bought them and they are no longer a lab. So they, I think they're using their building for something else now. Yeah. So, and then I just, uh, continually grew from that. I mean, so I just 
got into it, fell in love with it, and I'm probably not good enough to do anything else. So, <laughs> <laughs> did you do any of it in the army? Because I know the army or the air force has a good program. They do, but I was actually Patriot Fire Control, so I worked with missiles, and then I got out, and I should have probably thought about that because it's it was a really good career but actually you know this this industry has been well to me and uh i've enjoyed it very much what do you mean missiles did you actually get to shoot missiles no i was actually working with the radar system for patriot missiles so i did all the controlling of the missile we never yeah. had to fire them because they were pretty expensive so we got to do a lot of the the dry firing so you never got to turn two keys at the same time on a countdown or anything like that in the movies? Nobody would give me a key. I don't know why, but <laughs> they might have known me too well back then. <laughs> so what do you think when you came into a dental lab for the first time? It was, you know, honestly, you know, you, you never really know what's going on in the background uh, when you go into a dentist's office. But when you get in, my first experience, it was kind of uh, mind-blowing. And my thing was... I fell in love with the denture department because just watching people, you know, actually put teeth in wax and finish and getting this, it was really weird looking because you're looking at this, you know, articulator and you're going, that's kind of crazy because my grandfather yeah. always spit those out at me. But, <laughs> but then, no, I mean, that's what, I mean, I, it was challenging. I thought about getting into Crown and Bridge early on, but then I, something just stuck with me to stay with the removable aspect of it. So I don't know. I've, I've loved it ever since. So you've only always been a removable tech. So you started in model and then they moved you into setting teeth. No, I mean, it was kind of one of those things. I w did a lot of, of training, I guess you could say, but then I, I got into, I guess I started off with the metal work. Then I did investing in the dentures. I, I think I stayed primarily with removable stuff for about 12 to 15 years and about Eight or nine years ago, Nancy Franceschi. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, we know. Yeah, she, she came up here a long time ago and was asking about a position down in Lakeland, Florida at New Teeth Now, um, asking me if I'd be interested in, you know, because I'm doing setups and things like that. I never worked with implants before, but they were looking for a, a conversion technician manager. And I told her I had no idea what I was doing with implants eight, ten years ago, whatever, however long it was. Uh -huh. and, they're like, all you got to do is know how to set teeth. And then um, that's what changed my life as far as my career goes. And then I got into chairside, you know, conversions, implants, you know, all the full arch aspects. So that's how you got to Florida. So it was Nancy Franceschi and then you moved to Lakeland. Worked moved to Lakeland. That's correct. And I, I worked over there for a couple of years and came back to Huntsville for a few years back with Barksdale. I've been with Barksdale a couple of times. I was actually, run. um, yeah, this is probably my third, third run with, uh, he's been fired once. Yeah. I, <laughs> I keep, I keep sneaking back in. They're I was going like, to say they let you back in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one of those definitions of insanity, I guess, but, <laughs> but I think the, uh, yeah, I was actually, we started the removable department about 13 years ago here. That's right. Yeah. Bobby helped us start the removable yep. department. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yep. Long time ago. So it's come a long way since then. And uh, Right when we moved into the brand new building. Yep. Wow. We were actually on that little old, uh, basically a shed over there in Huntsville. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, Ron Davis's place. And you you guys were actually the first people that worked in this building before yeah. Crown Bridge moved over here. Exactly. We had this place for ourselves for about, what, four to six weeks? Yeah. Wow. So before you went to Florida, you worked at Barksdale and opened up the removable department. Right. I mean, this was long ago, so it was all analog, right? I mean. Yeah, I don't even think we were messing with anything digital back then. I mean, if it was very limited, maybe. Sure. Time. But yeah, it was all analog. 
So that's where, you know, the background is. I love the digital aspect of it. I think it's definitely a, a great tool uh, to the analog side of it. Oh, absolutely. And then somebody poached you? Yeah, someone poached go- me. It was Nancy. How'd she find you? Well, I mean, she'd come in, you know, she was actually one of our reps. And, you know, at the time she was kind of asking about that. And I, I had mentioned I grew up in Florida as a child. And she said, oh, yeah, I know uh, this guy named Mikey down at New Teeth now that they were looking for somebody that could set teeth and, you know, be willing to learn how to do conversions. And at the time I was like, well, something I haven't done yet. And, you know, is that, is that Elvis? Yes. Yeah, it's no, it is. Sorry. You're hearing my sister laugh in the background. Though. Hey, Elvis. Hello. Star of the show, right there. Dogs. But yeah, so that's kind of how that worked out, and I got introduced to uh, converting dentures chairside, and which was the most interesting thing I think I've seen in a long time, or ever at that time, because the first surgery was a uh, two zygomatic uh, implants, and the oh, one of the surgeons brought me down. With the patient flapped open, and he was like, "Hey, take a oh, look at this God. forty-two millimeter Ugh. implant." So, in the jaw. So I was like, "Yeah, that's crazy." So, <laughs> on the floor at that point. I, yeah, I, yeah, it was definitely a um, a game changer for me. But you know, it's um, it's one of those things that it intrigued me because it was honestly, you know, getting to see the patient before in the pre-op stage, and then the final aspect. It was just such a, a, a game changer, and. Um, Look, you guys, if you can't talk and work at the same time, you can't who's your dad? That's Dan Yoder. Say hey. <laughs> Get out of here, Dan. He, he's still lost. We, you know, we, we try to give him Sorry, his medicine. This is going off the rails. <laughs> How the hell do you guys get anything done over there? Uh, we, we don't. <laughs> But yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was old Dan Yoder. He's uh, he, I, I think you guys probably all know him. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. he he still he still is uh, putting up with you. Yeah, putting up with me. <laughs> he has to be crazy to put up with me. So. So how did you and Blake meet? So you started up the removable. How did you guys connect? Did Me and Blake have known each other for a long time. Like, before before even before the business aspect. No, no, I met Bobby when it was over at Valley Dental. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we purchased that, and that's when we were getting into removables at that time. And I just met Bobby over there because I went over there and helped with a couple things, setting things up. Uh, I drove a couple cases for them, but I was, you know, I was working as a crown and bridge tech in Athens at that point. So, but then we really didn't start working together until you know everything was in this building that we're in now. Wow. And we're still growing together. So you bought the lab that Bobby was in. Were you, were you there? No, I wasn't there yet. I was coming over there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, lab. that was Ron's. Yeah, it was Ron Davis's lab. He was a he's a, a partial technician, one of the better ones that I think we've probably known in our career. But yeah, when they acquired him, I actually actually I talked to your mom. It was yeah when I think it was Ken Guthrie was over there. Right? Like yeah, it was Ken Guthrie. Yeah, it was Ken Guthrie, and he was actually the first one, and then. They were just opening up the, you know, the idea of bringing removables into it. And I interviewed with Miss Betty and, um, which she's my second mother. So I, <laughs> everybody, we kind of hit it off and, you know, it was a completely different atmosphere back then because, you know, we were just embarking on, you know, Barksdale's going from Crown and Bridge to opening up to removables. And, you know, from now to then it's a completely different 
yeah look so yeah i'm i'm right now i'm like the only bar still that has any idea what's going on or removal back then we didn't know anything at all <laughs> so how did you transition? I mean, would you just buy a bunch of equipment, hire a few people, and start letting accounts know? Or so how does that my, even work? My mother, and she tried to do the same thing with ortho, and it didn't really turn out as well. But she just she takes a look at something we're not doing, and it's just hell bent. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. There's a lot of money to be made in removal, so she went after it. And she just purchased a lab. And then whatever they needed, she just dished out the money. We bought the equipment and just kind of went from there. You know, yeah, now that's one way to do I mean, it. Lord, we've got we've got printers. We've got we just got a metal printer last year. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. And then we just got a PM7 in the door not too long ago, and that thing's turned <laughs> out to be beautiful. Oh yeah, they're badass. I've got two. Love them. We we're actually just playing around with one of the Eye of Ocean dentures yesterday. Finished one up, and I'm I'm pretty impressed with them because they've come a long way with the. Uh, definitely the milled denture so <laughs> it's pretty crazy but you know I, I think even when we first started the department we basically we had an old ivacap system yeah uh, we bought used i think we had a hydrocoil machine for like we did some poor dentures and then ken did everything on the aculiner you remember that yeah and that was the craziest thing i ever saw in my life <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember the aculiner articulator i don't i remember the ivo cap with the bubbles or the balls of water yep but the aculiner was just like um, a big gold brass anchor with a flip top head whatever but uh, it was a i think it was a lvi yes it was so but he was using it for removables which i thought was really crazy because it didn't have any kind of excursions in it so but we changed that What could go wrong? Yeah. It just flips up and down like a Pez dispenser. But, um, so, yeah, it was, I think we had six or seven of those bad boys. Those things were heavy, too. I mean, it was pretty crazy. So, Blake, how did you feel when a rep came in and convinced an employee yeah. to take a job yeah. somewhere else? I mean, <laughs> I'd be kind of pissed. Can't trust every rep, but back at that time, I was not in management. I was just I was back in either in the cat room or contour next to dad. So I didn't I wasn't really involved in decision making. Oh, okay, yeah. What's going on in the lab as far as just what was at my bench until about three four years ago. So yeah, it was like 2019 when I first started taking over the CAD department. At the end of 2019, and then I became. Uh, operations manager late 2020 and then general manager at the end of 21 beginning of 22 yes you just keep climbing that ladder my friend well done thank you i'll be the me and my sister will be fully taken over in the next year or two really wow good for your parents your dad's gonna stay there though right he's gonna keep at the bench until you know he kills over basically what we're what me and jennifer's goal is just I, i don't want them to have to work yeah, I want, I want them to want to come in. So yep. I'm just putting everything in place for them to just want to come in. That is uh, so dad, you know, he left during COVID. He left for like two weeks at one point and he played golf, fish, played golf, fish. And then he showed back up and just give me a case. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's the beauty of what we do. And, and you know, that's the beauty of seeing your parents kind of get to where they actually want to go fish and golf and do other stuff, but they still love it. So you still have a spot for them and they can go back and forth and 
you can drive each other crazy all day or not see him at all some days. Yeah, it for sure happens. Every time he gets to working on somebody that designed a PFM bridge, it is <laughs> nothing but a complaint fest. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> Nobody knows how to wax anymore. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should record him some days. Oh, that's funny. Now that would be fun if we did like a what's that like a Big Brother type thing? Yeah, day in yeah, day in life of Steve Barksdale. Yeah. There you go. But you know, some of the good things about being poached though is the information I got to bring back to the lab though. Yeah, sure. I mean, you had an opportunity getting into full arch conversions back then. Not everybody was doing them. You know, I, I really don't ever want to do another one chairside again. But you know, just because of the, of the complications I've seen with people. That shouldn't be doing them, and so yeah. they, you know, the technicians get stuck being the specialist at that point sometimes. So, well, how many were you doing back in those days? Was it like constant every day? Oh, well, we did two to three arches a day. Oof. Oh, wow! That's I mean, that's all it was. We had three oral surgeons, we had a full time restorative, and then we had a part time restorative on Fridays. So I did all the setups, but it was not a in the chair conversion at that point, because we had a lab upstairs, we'd take everything up, put on an articulator, and then convert Okay. It. But the guys that I worked with over there were probably some of the better surgeons I've ever worked with. And yeah. they could freehand, you know, place pterygoid and zygomatics and just perfectly parallel. You know, it was, it was nice. And then I got out into the real world and realized that that's not the way it works in most places. So mm-hmm. I definitely like the delayed conversion or even doing photogrammetry a lot better now. Sure. Yeah, I didn't realize where you went was an oral surgeon with a lab. So you're basically in office doing it. Correct. Yeah. So it was a it was a great experience. I learned a lot. And then, like I said, once I got out and started doing something, you know, when I moved on from there and was doing conversions somewhere else, it was just a completely it was an eye opener. So where'd you go after that? Yeah, where did you go? You went to Florida, didn't you? Actually, remember, I think I was actually talking to you back then about coming over there at one point. I think so. And then yeah. you ended up on the East Coast, didn't you? Yeah, I went to Midwest Dental Arts for a while. Okay. And then um, I have, I've had a little, and you know, that's what, you know, I've had quite a few different lab experiences, which I'm grateful for. And, you know, it's because I've, I've met a lot of good technicians with a lot more experience than I have. And I've learned a lot from these different places, but, you know, Mark still, I still call home because like I said, Betty and Steve and even Blake and Jennifer, well, I mean, Growing up with them, kind of, I guess you could say, I, I've matured with the the lab at, outside of here, and yeah, we've always stayed in contact. Yeah, we've always been in contact. So they've always been like a extended family, and so now I, I feel like coming back with you know different experiences that you know I with the Barksdales and other team members that we can really take it to the next level. You know, honestly, if I had the option, uh, if somebody would hire me with my last name. <laughs> You know, if I could leave this place for a couple of years and go either work vendor side or other labs, I would absolutely do it because I know the value and learning everything that everybody else does. Yeah. Dude, one of the smartest things I ever did was when I got out of my first lab, I worked for Preet and I traveled around. I mean, I went to your lab and other labs, but just seeing other labs and seeing how they operate was eye-opening to me. Yeah. It, it is, you know, it's different in different lab, but it's the, the chaos is always the same. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the dental lab is just chaotic no matter where you go. Yeah. People just handle their stress in different ways. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's been an experience and I've enjoyed, you know, I'd say most of it, <laughs> so, but it's good to be home. 
Yeah, but you went to a, a, a few labs in Florida that are pretty high-end on the tech. I mean, you must have picked up. I mean, you mentioned photogrammetry and all that. Yeah, I worked with uh, the last where I got my photogrammetry experience was definitely with Grady Crossland at um, Crossland's Creative Ceramics in West Palm Beach. And mm-hmm. Just an eight-person lab, but Grady's probably, I, I'll give him all the respect in the world. He's probably one of the better technicians I've ever met as far as just the by-the-book, making sure everything, he can figure anything out, and he's taught me a lot. But yeah, definitely photogrammetry has changed my look on things. It's definitely a, if people can get into it, I love it for conversions. I love it for full arch. So it just definitely simplifies things when it's done correctly. We'll talk about when you got into it, what were some of the obstacles you had to overcome in order to get good at it? Uh, with the photogram? Well, we started, yeah. with, we started with pick, which my biggest... I think PIC is a great system, but it's very cumbersome to me. I think the scan flags. That's what I didn't realize how hard it was, was getting all the flags in the sight of the camera. And oh, those those huge dominoes looking right. things, right? I mean, they are huge. Yeah, go back. Can you guys hear me? Can you, can you guys yeah. explain maybe to me and our listeners what is photogrammetry? Photogrammetry, from what I remember being told, it's the same thing they use uh, in the airplanes like World War II and they were dropping bombs on people. So it's just how they lay out, you know, just sites. So what photogrammetry is now, this is a way to capture a perfect implant coordinate without using a verification jig. And all the domino type scan flags, like the domino one that you're talking about, Elvis, that's with the iCam. Okay, Um, yeah. Nick actually does look like a flag. You know, it comes up and goes over and then there's dual dots on the flag. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the iCam, in my opinion, that's... That is the best one that's out there right now. It's definitely for the, uh, yeah. 4D. It's definitely, yeah, that's a fast system. That's nice. I like that. But there's, um, I mean, there's a couple <laughs> ways to do this. And we, we have been fortunate enough to become really good friends with Dr. Ben Kellum over at Transcend Dental Education here in Huntsville. And he allowed us to come watch him chairside. One of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. So it's got a couple operatories over there. So First thing he does, he'll take a cone bean scan of the patient, all the remaining dentition there. Yep. And then he takes an inner oil scan with his medic scanner mm-hmm. and captures, you know, just the scan there. And then after that, he goes ahead and starts doing extract. Or well, he takes that information, goes and looks at Blue Sky Bio. He was looking, you know, do I want to use a guy? Do I want to freehand it? Didn't seem to be a lot of issues that would be in the way of him freehanding, so he went ahead and freehanded it. So he flaps open the jaw, pulls everything out, um, starts, you know, grinding away at the bone a little bit, places the bodies in mm-hmm. uh, while the tissue is open, captures the implant coordinates with the, with the ICAM bodies in. Okay. After that, puts the healing caps in, sutures everything up, captures an alginate instead of scanning because now you've got blood and mucus, just everything in the way. So you capture Sure. Uses the medit scanner, scans that alginate, and oh. then goes back for one more cone bean scan with all with the healing caps in place and all the teeth removed. <clears throat> Aligns every bit of this up in ExoCAD with the bone models and everything. Now you've got your bite. Right. Wow, that's so crazy. He designed a temp and like it was like 30, temp, yeah, 40 temp, minutes. It was it wasn't three long. and a half hours later, put it in a patient's mouth. No adjustments. Yeah. I have never seen anything go that flawlessly in my life. We were both commenting on it, and Dr. Kellum's over there sweating like, don't say it too fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
he goes, you know, it is typical, but he goes, that was actually smoother than he probably ever had it. And we just happened to be the lucky ones to witness it. So. Good luck charms. Right. So, no, it was definitely, I mean, to watch him do it as a specialist to do everything himself, which, you know, we don't like the lab being taken out of it, but yeah. it's it takes a special person to be able to take that from place the implants, do the scans, do the design, get the temp ready, then seed it. So, but the surgeon did the design himself. Yeah, Doctor Doctor <clears throat> Benkett, man, I need to introduce you to him. That would be a great podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I just can't believe that he actually did the design. Oh, and he he did a good job. I, mean, I was like sitting there going, "Wow, this is." <laughs> you know, you're not going to meet many people that can do the clinical and the laboratory part together very well, like he. Yeah. And do it well. I mean, it wasn't like it was just, he was very calculated. He was very, he cared about what, I mean, like he even adjusted the bite to where he thought it should be in a position. It was just, it was amazing to watch someone care from the clinical side that also respects the lab side of it too. And it was, it was pretty amazing to be a, a part of that. And then obviously he printed it in his office. Yeah, he printed it with uh, Onyx uh, with a sprint ray. And you know, I was asking him what he thinks about Onyx. And he told me something I thought was uh, important. Mm-hmm. He's like, printed temps, they're good. You're still not all the way there. Because what he has found is anything past the posterior implant, if you have a long cantilever, a lot of these printed temps are breaking. Hmm. So what he's doing is he will print the temp go ahead and place that that day or the next day. And instead of just following up with a final, he does two more. So he does a milled temp. That's about two weeks later, just so he can get a little bit more information, a little bit more adjustment, and then do a final after everything's healed. Right. Interesting. Never heard anybody doing that before, but it, it, you know, it intrigues me. And that's what we're looking at doing here. Is he doing them on tie base or with the rosin screws directly into the MUAs? Vortex screw. Right. From La Vise. Say that again? What? La Vise. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I'm a redneck, so excuse <laughs> me. It's spelled L-I-V-I-S. La Vise. <laughs> but is, is that, is it like a rosin screw? I mean, yeah, it's a tapered it's, head, yes. It's okay. It's like a mixture of that and the Powerball, from my understanding. So it's, the forces don't just go down like with a, de- a desk screw or out like with a rosin. They kind of mix the both together. Yeah, yeah, I see. But I think you can, it, it can be used for angle correction as well. Yeah. Up to, I think it's either 25 or 30 degrees, something okay. like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's nice. And that's what I've always said with even any conversion, even if it was analog, I always cut it off at the distal implant anyway. I'd never had that just because we all oh, sure immediately. So the printed ones are going to break even faster. But, yeah, that's his his uh, workflow is very powerful. Yeah. Wow. Did you Does Barksdale get the final zirconia work? Uh, not from him. He's just a very good. He does everything in house, but we're I even mean, his zirconia. Yes. So. Oh wow. So Dr. Kellum is awesome. I met him. Uh, we just became good friends when he got close to Huntsville, and he's just opened the doors for me. Let me come over there and watch as many surgeries as I want. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's been a really incredible experience. We've only been there a couple times, but we just very good friend. He runs a study club over there, and we sponsor that study club. So nice. We're getting some work yeah. out of it uh, from doing that. Sure. But really, it's just that yeah. he learns from us. We learn from it. It's just a great partnership. So he, we're not making money off of each other specific with the you know with his yeah. practice, but we do make money off of each other in knowledge. Yeah. Well, you were saying 
you were going to implement that workflow of doing two temps, like what would, how? Our plan is to eventually be able to offer the services. I did that down in Florida. We would go chair side. We would take all the pre-op records. We'd do the come to the day of surgery. We would bring our photogrammetry uh, equipment in, scan, uh, do our iOS scanning. We do everything we need to do. We'd come back, design it, and then we'd uh, bring you back a temp the next day and then so forth and so on. So that's what we want to do around here as well. We want to get in to offering that service to our specialists in the area. But when we do that, we're going to bring a mill temp. <clears throat> but what we want to be able to offer is because a lot of these, a lot of these clients are wanting to print the temp in house. So, yeah, you know, people like, right. like Evolved Dentistry is doing this now where they have a lot of designers that will sit there and design a case and the doctor will print it in-house, and then they will get the final work afterwards. And it's just a way for them to do a same-day temp. My thoughts on it, I, I think next day is still yeah. the best option. Patients a lot more relaxed at that point. Uh, it's just it's a much better workflow for everybody. Plus, I definitely would not want to be, after I've had everything extracted out of my mouth, I wouldn't want to be sitting in an office for three and a half hours waiting to get a temp put in my head. Yeah. Yeah, and no. you certainly don't want to eat anything. Right. So what the hell? And you're not going to go home and you know, eat steak, steak be- that night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they do. <laughs> you, you can tell oh, me if, if you can't no cut way, it with man. a fork, don't. And they'll come back and they've been eating. You know, they're pulling everything. I can't understand why it broke. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They have, they have some serious pain tolerance to do that, right. but that's pretty cool. So you guys will design it. They'll print it, and then you've got the design file to go to the finals if everything goes well, correct? That's right. right. Come back, we'll scan in like uh, any kind of adjustments that are needed after the patient's worn it for the healing phase, and then we can make any aesthetic adjustments or occlusal adjustments as needed. And iMetric is right here in our backyard in Huntsville. <clears throat> we've got all the best in the backyard. And we're also yeah. working a little bit with the OptiSplint. We've done a couple cases with this already. That is a... Very, very cool thing. What is that? I've not heard of that, I don't think. So if you go to digitalarches.com, Rolab up in Ohio is doing a lot of this stuff right now. The OptiSplint is basically a scannable IBJ, implant verification jig. It's like this hexagon mesh pattern thing with these caps that go over the MUAs that act as a scan body at the same time as a verification jig. You loot everything together in this little hexagon pattern, uh-huh. and you can either scan that or you send it to the lab, and we can actually put it on analogs and pour up a model and design everything and align everything from there. Ah, that's pretty fantastic. But that's, I mean, that's for people that don't want to spend $50,000 on a photogrammetry scanner. Hell yeah. Well, I think that would be most people. <laughs> right. But that's why we'll come to your office and do the records for you. Exactly. <laughs> So you all purchased a photogrammetry camera. Working on it right now. Okay. And the idea Smart. is you'll go out. What will you, you charge for that service or it will be part of like a package? Uh, we're talking about both ways, but I think it's going to be more of a charge service. Yeah. It takes a lot of the headache or the, the pressure off the, the clinics as well because we'll come in. We know we're, what we need in order to make the prosthetic correct for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you've done most of the majority of the design prior to surgery, right? right. I mean, you're just really adapting an attaglio surface to something. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're doing all that in ExoCAD or 3Shape? 
ExoCAD right now. I've looked at doing it in three shape. ExoCAD, in my opinion, is just better for this workflow. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, it's really the only thing we use ExoCAD here for. I'm looking at it for the partial module because what you can do in ExoCAD with partials is very, very cool. I've heard good things, yeah. But uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm so familiar with designing partials in three shape that I'm just, I'm kind of setting my ways with it. Yeah. We've been using three shape here since 2006, 2005, mm-hmm. something like that. So our very first system was when Wheeland and Imus were paired together. We had the Wheeland or the Imus 4030. It was this big giant mill and you had to put poles through it and walk it in here like it was the Ark of the Covenant. (laughs) (laughs) The Ark of the Covenant. (laughs) I love it. And I'm sure it's still running, right? (laughs) I I retired it like four years ago. It lasted for a while. Four, that's not bad though. No, it's that's not. the longest lasting one. I've had a lot of different mills. Uh, right now, we primary we have one PM seven. We have a digital dental mill that we mill some uh, abutments with, and then we have a bunch of Versa mills here. Yeah. Solutions. So you you made a great point, Blake, saying that uh, you like you know uh, designing partials, especially with the ExoCAD. Not actually, especially with it, but tinkering with it. But how often are you designing? Are you designing every day? I'm one of these managers that can't live without touching a case. Yeah, so I do manage from the hip. I, I try to pull myself away because I need to be involved with a lot of other things. Uh, but there is always, you know, at, even though I'm the general manager here, I should like put a slash by that and put fire extinguisher <laughs> right next to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I'm always back there having to, you know, like, okay, what happened with the mill? And I'm just, I'm constantly training these guys and uh, girls here just, you know, what they need to be looking for in terms of digital. Because, I mean, there's, it's always changing. And Um, it's, it's hard to find a lot of people that can think outside the box. Thankfully for us, we have a lot of people that can think outside the box here. So, but yeah, I designed partials every, I just designed a flexible partial yesterday. Uh, out of uh, Noble CAD, this is mm-hmm. clear stuff Sean Nowak selling now. So if you well, want yeah. to do a clear frame and you do pink saddles and set teeth over it. So, but, you know, I'm designing partials. I've, I've designed a couple, you know, full, not, not all on X cases. That's one thing I have not designed yet, but I have designed everything else under the sun. And then, you know, whenever somebody's out and waxing, I'll go back there and seal margins and invest and press Emacs and, about the only thing I can't do in Crown and Bridge is build porcelain. That's it. That's a lot of stuff that you're doing, though. I <laughs> yeah. Say. And I don't feel that bad. A model last year. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question about that PM7, though. Are you guys going to end up milling your Emacs, or are you going to continue to press, or are you going to do zirconia and Emacs on that sucker? I do a print-to-press uh, system now to me like lord we're doing 40 sometimes 50 units in emacs a day so yeah. 1 p.m 7 is not going to take care wow. of that for me nope. okay <laughs> and i still just i like the sealed margin more than i do a milled margin every day all day and i'm willing to be proven wrong i just have not been proven wrong yet so you're going to use it for zirconia? I use it for zirconia and milling out temps, my full arch temps. And we, we mill out yeah. our zirconia hybrids. Uh, I run that Zuber 345 zirconia through it right now. And then we'll, we'll set up some some overnight jobs of, you know, milling out full pucks of, you know, single units and some bridges and things like that. 
Nice. Yeah, it'll mill all night long. I love that machine. I am, I absolutely love this machine. I'm very impressed. Yeah. And the occasional Ivotion, right? The occasional. I'm playing with it. I still yeah. print a lot of dentures. Just, you know, economically, it makes sense for me to print dentures here. But yep. I'm playing with the mill dentures. There's benefits to both. Sure. So, I mean, yesterday, yesterday we did something really cool. Fully digital case. Oh, we yeah. printed a partial frame out of chrome cobalt in our 2-1 lab printer. It was off of a digital scan, so we got okay. a printed model. I designed two saddles, some teeth, and an upper denture. So wow. we printed teeth, base, metal frame, models, and then we relined the saddles into place with a reline jig. So 90% of this whole thing, removable, was fully digital. You did this wow. yesterday, so it hasn't been seated yet? Uh, it should be going in the mouth today. Because yeah. we might have to amend this podcast because <laughs> it didn't because it didn't fit <laughs> it was i'm kidding it looked great that's pretty cool printing the saddle acrylic part of it yeah because that's usually what's missing out of the the digital framework part because right. we still set traditional teeth so from what i've seen exocad's got something in their new update where you can design the bottom part and it's going to snap together like legos what right now what we do is just we design the saddle in the denture module with some teeth there yeah use a reline jig and reline it into place that's interesting though they'll do the top and the bottom and it kind of snaps into place that's kind of cool i'm waiting to see it man i've only seen it on the computer but i need to see it in my hands sure (laughs) bobby what what exactly is your role at barksdale now um, Other than troublemaker, yeah, troublemaker slash yeah, removable manager, and you know, helping out basically with anything full arch. So it's just you know, coming in and assisting Dan. We're you know, want to take the department to the next level, of course. But it's hard. It's 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 a hard thing to do these days. I'm sure, as you guys know, finding analog removable technicians in the industry because sure. we're, we're very there are in between. So yeah, we but we do have a, a great crew. We have one funny crew here yeah <laughs> we have a good time and and like our team is they're all willing to learn and they don't mind putting extra oh they don't want to learn when i go in there <laughs> <laughs> i forgot you bombed here <laughs> i i tanked hard <laughs> trinity was just looking at him like okay oh boy <laughs> trinity's a special one though so you know we you know we do have we do have some great crew members here i guess that are oh, that was funny but yeah, it's uh, it's Sorry, definitely Elvis. fun. <laughs> no, it's all good. You got me. I, I want to. I need an explanation. What? How did you bomb? Well, when I was with Preet, <laughs> yeah, when I was with Preet, we did a tour of that area, and uh, I stopped by and did a little presentation. I think just on attachments and locators. Yeah. I don't know how many people were in the room. Maybe eight, nine, ten, and every joke didn't get a laugh. It, ah. They all look like they're about ready to fall asleep. It just, yeah. You know, lab technicians hate salespeople, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah. I usually get a chuckle or two. Yeah, well, they're thinking I've got a load of work no. and I got to listen to this guy. I need to go back to the bench. Move along. Move along. <laughs> After about the fourth to fifth slide, Elvis just looked at me and just put his hands up in the air and just sighed. And I was like, I'd be, I'm sorry. Elvis. That's awesome. I thought you were selling attachments, not jokes. <laughs> it was probably, the, was this the same um, speech you did down at Peterson too when I was down there? Yeah. Probably. Okay, yeah. I, 
I understand now. No. <laughs> wow. But I thought you did great, Elvis. I'm just kidding. The difference is Peterson has a two drink minimum, so everybody was a little tipsy. So everything was funnier. <laughs> did we do that in the morning? Yeah. yeah. We had mimosas and Bloody Marys, I think. Yeah. <laughs> We don't do that here. <laughs> so, Bobby, how did you know that you wanted to move back? Like, you and I are Facebook friends. I know you got married. I see you all the time on the beach yeah. and chilling. Yeah. How did you know that you wanted to make a personal decision to move back up north and, and go back to, to Blake? And how did you convince her to go to Huntsville? Yeah, and how did you convince your wife? awesome, man. You know, you know we've got like number one city, yeah, number in the, two in a couple magazines right yeah, now. Yeah. This place is booming. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't been here in a while, it's pretty crazy. No, but uh, honestly, I mean, like me and Blake have been talking for probably a couple of years about, you know, possibilities of linking back up, you know, with just different things we've, you know, learned in our growing up years and you know my son he's a, a senior in high school here and i wanted to be Aww. here for uh, his last season in baseball and you know yep. so i have you know a lot of family here yeah and like i said it's it is it is definitely the beach the warmth especially right now when we're waking up in the teens yeah uh, yeah um, you know i had to buy long pants again <laughs> <laughs> and some jackets and whatnot so the beat, the board shorts and sandals don't go very far right now. So, yeah. but so, I mean, it's, it was a combination of things and convincing my wife, she was an air force baby. So she, she's traveled around quite a bit. She lived in Germany and Kentucky and yeah, Germany, Kentucky. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 All, all that, all that good stuff. So yeah, Miss Kim works here too. She's yes. a fantastic asset to the company. Yes. Wow. I was going to say, she's yeah. in the lab too, isn't she? That's she right. is. That's how we met. I couldn't get her to leave me alone. And, um, <laughs> yes yeah, so it was she asked for my number one day and i told her i couldn't but he was very persistent bobby's lying <laughs> yeah, i'm sure yeah. no but um we met in the, you know of course we met at the lab and she was uh the front office manager at midwest and i was um well we just you know we hit it off we dated yeah. for six months and nobody knew and then one day we just came out and you know, history after that, she proposed. I said, yes, <laughs> that's a story I'm going to tell for now, but uh, she's, uh, she's here actually doing uh, inside sales and customer service stuff. And she's doing a fantastic job keeping me straight. Mm. It's a full time job. Thank you. I think that's wonderful, especially for your, you know, watching baseball. My son graduated last year and I miss it already. And everybody said, you know, you're going to miss it when they're not playing anymore. And it's so true. Right. I'm getting ready to coach T-ball this next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, enjoy wow. it. Enjoy it. Yep. It goes fast. It goes fast. Blake, have you been practicing? I mean, that ball, uh, that ball no. on a pole, it's hard to hit. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know how I'm supposed to practice T-ball. I think it'd look pretty funny, me in my backyard, trying to hit off of a, you know, podium. <laughs> Just get I bet you <laughs> So are we all doing the triathlon again next year? Hell to the yes. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you know, I was a very valuable asset to our team. <laughs> yeah, so we'll remind. I, I, I'm sure we talked about it on the podcast. You got but lucky. Yeah. <laughs> It was uh, Mark Williamson, Bobby, and I were on a team, and uh, you were... I was supposed to swim. You were supposed to swim. I won't know if you you were recruited or you volunteered. Yeah, either way, it was not a good decision. Yeah, 
not oh. usually the, the the most loved aspect of the triathlon no, no, no. and uh horrible yeah luckily I woke up that morning remember yeah. and I, like, sean nowak texted me and he said uh the swim has been canceled and i thought i was like oh good i don't have to do this anymore and he goes oh no you gotta run now i was like what <laughs> so yeah that was awful and but watching you come in you know all graceful at the end of the race was yeah right <laughs> it, was a, it was a great time it was actually it was probably one of the best times i've had in chicago because it wasn't freezing yeah yeah so. yep so yeah. this year it's in texas so it's not even going to be cold no, that's so I'm what Elvis said. Yeah. Moving it, which it's going to make it a heck of a lot easier to do that swim when the freaking temperature's not. Oh, that's wet. a good point. It won't be Lake Michigan. It will be right. some yes. Texas yeah. lake that's been 140 degrees two months earlier. Right. I'm like swimming yeah. in a hot tub. There you go. I go to the gym a lot, but I've never really worked on cardio. Maybe I'll try to jump in. There you yeah. go. We should do a team next year. Maybe. Yeah. Well, get- you can just give me a hundred bucks. I'll take your money. <laughs> there you go. If you're not going to participate, you have to donate. That's the rules. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Bob, you do all three events, though, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm a crazy person. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's sure. all. It's and all didn't you come in, like, the top? Didn't you, t- no, play yeah, first in your in, division? Yeah, I came in third this year for, in my age group. So that was pretty sweet. But I think it's because I it was a run, bike, run, and not a swim, bike, run. So, you know, running's my strength. And so I got lucky. But, yeah. I, uh, I was a happy girl. Well, I just want to tell you, what's funny about that whole thing is when Mark asked me if I wanted to do it, I said, sure, you know. And I was thinking it was just going to be for like a dental, you know, group. I didn't realize it was the Chicago Triathlon. Oh, you thought we all just got together at somebody's house. <laughs> I figured we'd be drinking and running or whatever, you know. Not like, and then I got there and then we had to do the um, the pre-race um you know, oh, the video. The yeah, the warning. Yeah. Oh, we're really, we're really doing this now, aren't we? <laughs> and Mark brought his little mountain bike. I thought I had training wheels on it at first. Yeah. It was like a 24-inch bike. I don't know how Mark did that, but he did He did it good. He got all the way through. Yeah, he did. I know he did. I would have made it, so. <laughs> so what's next for you guys? Give it up. What are you into? What are you looking at? Yeah, well, Blake, last time we talked to you, you were just under 100 employees. Where are you at oh, now? Yeah. Still there. Okay. Uh, we're just, we are refining processes. I've had a lot of culture change in the lab in the past uh, two years. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, getting rid of good, right? dead weight here and there and bringing in some very good technicians like Bobby, of course. Yeah. Uh, and just, you know, I'm trying to take this place to the next level. Uh, we just made some new moves with different products and I don't want to be known as just another production lab because that almost has a sting to it. I want to be known as a production quality lab and there's not very many of those absolute being one of them, you know, and that's, yeah, my goal is to take this more to a high end product and a high end laboratory. I feel it's the best way to honor my father because he has always had the mantra of, I do a high quality product for a fair market value. That was my dad's mantra. It's <laughs> awesome. It's so crazy. It had to have been their age, I'm telling you, but that's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. But that's that's what we want to do. And at the end of the day, it's we just want to do what's best for the patients. And I mean, that's just that's where our heart is. I you know, the money is good and everything, but I love dentistry. I love what I do for a living and I can't live without it. And that's why as a manager, I still have to touch cases every day. I always uh, end up looking at the QC bench every other day, just seeing what our quality is like. 
and seeing mm-hmm. if I need to have conversations with people, uh, help educate whatever I can. I like that because, you know, that's how you keep the pulse of your company is keeping your hands in it and being able to look at the end product and making damn sure that, you know, you're doing what you say you're doing. So I would say don't ever stop doing that. I never have. And I, I surround myself with a friend group that is all about high end. Like I, I talk to John Wilson and Ben Tran and those guys every day and they, they just they push me to the limit. Just, you know, being able to go to the next level because those guys are incredible. They're like the Avengers of dentistry. <laughs> yeah. They're doing some good things out there. They that's, sure that's, are. that's something different. I, I wish I could work at that lab. So, <laughs> taking the lab to that next level, I mean, what does that involve? I mean, you got a metal printer, you're looking at the uh, photogrammetry. What else is on the radar? Well, whatever else the industry wants to bring us, photogrammetry <laughs> is one thing, but we're, I mean, still, you know, a lot of, a lot of production labs do like a press over zirconia, press over metal. We don't do that. We still build porcelain every day. And I'm bringing people in like, you know, I, I was talking to Step Bay not too long ago about coming and doing a course here and training my ceramist. Uh, mm. just anything I can do to get more education in here and then also start to get on the forefront of education for our clients. Yeah, Remember, we are about to uh, look at adding on 7,500 square feet and we're going to have a CE space. We're going to try to start a study club here. Nice. When we do that, we will be at the forefront of educating not just the technicians, but the dentist here. And if we can get in control of that and help everybody from just the starting point, uh, doing lunch and learn, whatever we can, we, I know we can change what's going on around here. Because you know as well as we do, the schools are not doing the best job that they used to. Yeah, and it's up to us now to be on the forefront of the education part. So true, and, and what a great way to sell a lab is just through education. Yeah, absolutely. Much better than hey, here's my forty dollar crown. Meh. <laughs> well, yeah. even, we're even starting that now with you know Kim will set up you know like a lunch and learn with the clinic, and uh, you know me or Blake or me and Blake or you know we'll go and teach and educate on just you know the the basics and. Because we all know that, especially in the beginning, the basics are missed, and then we have to correct it in the end. And it's just a lot easier to try to get control of it from the beginning. Yeah. Anybody can sell a $40 crown. Right. But if you don't add value to your product, then you're just another run-of-the-mill lab. I'm intrigued by this basic training. What do you do? Go in there and, like, this is how you actually take an impression. I mean, (laughs) what do you do? Honestly, I, I ask, we've done that before. Yeah, we, we do that quite a bit. But no, we ask the questions what they see that they might need help with, or what they're having challenges with with their current lab, and then they, you know, they'll give us feedback. And then normally it's you know the simple things like we're not you know occlusion capturing a bite. That is my biggest thing. I I think to actually help teach with removables is how to capture you know edentulous bites. So yeah, good luck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can teach them all day what you know, but whether they enforce it or not is a different. Yeah. Thing. That's something I've learned in the last year being more chair side is edentulist bites. I mean, holy yeah. schmoly, they don't exist. Right. No. And it's, it's one of those things you have to almost train them, uh, the patient at that time. And it, it, I've learned techniques with, you know, fully edentulist bites on how to get those to a damn near a perfect try-in, you know, yeah. so I can do it. And once it's taught, if people are patient enough, they can actually replicate it. But I think the biggest thing is too, is like selling that 
as a not really not a product, but it's a service. It's someone to lean on. They call us. They talk to us more because we're helping them get the product in a better return, I guess you could say. Um, and they know who to talk to, so they call Barksdale. They say, "Hey, you know, you know, Blake or Bobby or Dan or whoever the case may be, we're here to help get them to that final product." Yeah, yeah. but it's taken you off of the bench to do all this. It it's it's a it's a fine line. I mean, like um, being a working manager. I mean. Blake has a lot more responsibilities, but even myself, you know, handling with, but it, that's the great thing with Dan and myself both manage that department. So yeah. it's like, we don't have just one person taking the brunt of everything. So if I'm out, he can handle it vice versa. Yeah. And even our implant department, we've got a great manager in there, Josh and uh, uh, Brandy is his customer service rep. They, they take calls there. They'll go see people. Just it's, we're well-rounded in that aspect. And, even though we have to come off the bench sometimes, if you get in the office and you can make a change there, you're going to be doing a lot less troubleshooting at your bench. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes perfect well sense. Said. Yeah. So true. Yep. Take the time. It will save you time later. Yep. Develop yeah. a relationship. What about salespeople? I mean, you mentioned Kimberly doing inside sales. We have one more, uh, and he used to be in a DSO space. Oh, yeah. Some very cool stuff to the table here. And I mean, that's something we're looking at. You know, I, I used to believe you didn't need a sales team. You just needed a good product. But honestly, I've, I've changed my mind on that now. I, I think if you're not out there doing sales and you're always waiting and yeah. I get tired of waiting. <laughs> you don't seem like a patient person, Blake. <laughs> and and, and sometimes, I mean, if you're just waiting on the, the client to come in, it takes sometimes 60 to 90 days for you to find out if that's a worthwhile client for you to right. be working with. Yeah. So I treat that just like I do any employee coming in for 90 days. I'm evaluating you to see if I actually want to keep you around or not. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really good point because some of these guys aren't worth keeping around because you're going to lose more money remaking them and and dealing with their shitty impressions or scans than you are. Yeah, you put your money elsewhere and go find another one. So, yeah, I I totally agree. And I, I mean, I could say too, just this podcast alone. Uh, I've landed some great education just from that. Like, so we hooked up with Larry Weiss and oh, yeah. I hooked him up with my, uh, my CFO and golly, we've learned so much about controlling our money from there. You know, David Avery was another one of my consultants for very long, still a great mentor of mine. We talk on the phone every single week and I've learned so much from him. Just, you know, several people that I've met just from listening to your podcast and just kind of becoming a fanboy and following people around like a stalker. So. <laughs> nice. Well, nice. Thank you. That's, that's great you, to know. You guys have done so much for this industry. I don't know if enough people tell you, I think they do, but just, no, just, we like to hear it more. <laughs> well, just so you know, for me, you personally have added value to my business. That's cool. Me, not all of it. Well, the invoice, we ship those out January 1st. So. Yeah, you make money on this? <laughs> oh. Well, thank you. And of course, I've been a fan from, from the beginning as well. So, Well, we appreciate both of you. And I love the fact that, I don't know why I, I love it so much, but you guys are working together and it just seems like such a good combination. I mean, I didn't even realize you've done it a bunch of other times before. But, um, <laughs> the first two times were practice, and now you know. Now, now, now we've got our we've third got, times a charm. Third times a charm. There you go. 
and I have, you know, it's, it's kind of nice because I consider myself to be an old head as far as, but not an old head enough that I don't believe in the technology because I do believe in it. And Blake is on the, the cutting edge of it. And I definitely am glad to be a part of it. Well, both, both of us, again, we've both been involved very heavily in the analog and transition into the digital. Correct. So we've got the best of both worlds on both sides. Yeah. And, and you're just proving that you can do it. Oh, absolutely. You can do it. Yeah. Awesome, gentlemen. Thank you so Thank much. You. We appreciate both of you coming we on. appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you all. Awesome. Thank Everybody have all. a great holiday. Yes, sir. All right, Merry guys. Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. See ya. Bye. thanks you guys you're not only amazing but you're super funny and i love how you both get along so well thank you for coming on our podcast it sounds like not only are you doing great things at your lab but you're also having one hell of a great time doing it i really like your philosophy of having a production lab that does high quality work because with the right people anybody can totally do that we cannot wait to see you guys both at Lab Day Chicago and see how much more you accomplish now that you work together again for the third time. Just <laughs> saying, Bobby. Good luck to you guys. <laughs> Hope you stick around this time, Bobby. Yeah. All right, everybody. That's all we got for you. And we will talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. I just didn't have anything to say.